Just when you think you have it all planned out, many men miss out on doing a few of the following things. And we're going to talk about five of those things today. Okay, ready? Let's go. You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Stand by as we talk about five things men need to take care of. We're about to get right into it. Let's go. Hey, I'm Sean, your host. Welcome to another edition of the I'm Dealing With broadcast. Today, we're going to be talking about five things that men need to deal with. You know, it's amazing because as a man, you know, regardless of uh, age, regardless of where you are, we tend to not handle some of the things that we need to handle and or take care of some things that need to be taken care of in our lives, especially when it's dealing with our health and a bunch of other different things. We can be definitely on the health uh, side we definitely slack off quite a bit, you know, and then we wonder why later on uh, things come up. And it's because we had the opportunity to handle those things. But yet and still, what we did was we let it go. We didn't let these things slip. And then all of a sudden it comes up later in our lives. And then we're scrambling, trying to make sure that we take get that taken care of, you know, and it's a tough deal. Um, but the reality of it is it happens. It happens to the best of us. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your age, but it happens more so, um, with men who are older, especially beyond their thirties. You know, there's many things that we men need to handle, but before we get into that, let's talk about a couple of other things that uh, affect us as men that uh, we deal with. I mean, hey, this is I'm dealing with broadcast, right? Okay, so with knowing that this is I'm dealing with broadcast, you know, we have to think of on a daily basis, what do each one of us as men deal with? You know, knowing that not all of us are going to deal with the same things. It's just not going to happen. Not everybody deals with the exact same thing. You know, your issue may not be mine. You know, where someone's dealing with finances, a problem there. Someone else is like going, hey, I'm good. My finances are taken care of. But then that person that has got great finances might have a health issue. And the other problem that don't have finances, you know, they may, hey, my health is fine. But then on the other side, what if your health and finances are taken care of, then you have to figure out some of those other different things. So we're going to talk about a few of those things. And the first thing we're going to go into, and I know that not everybody deals with this, but many men, whether young or old, have either dealt with this as a respondent to it, or they were the acting person that actually produced this. And that is domestic violence. And I am not an advocate of domestic violence at all. I don't care if it's a man or the woman, the boy or the child, you know, the boy or girl. It doesn't matter. Domestic violence is a bad deal. But one of the things we as men have to understand is though, you know, we do have the opportunity to respond. And what I mean by respond 
is because if you're on the receiving end of that domestic violence, not producing it, but you're on the receiving end, meaning it is happening to you. You know, it could be a father who is, you know, um, handling, you know, uh, mishandling the son or mishandling the daughter. It could be, you know, your boss, you know, or whatever the case may be, but you do have domestic violence that happens. And many men that have received, been on the receiving end of domestic violence, they grow up and they go into this thing as to sometimes thinking that it's cool. You know, it's, it's a part of my life. I'm used to it. You know, I've dealt with domestic violence before, you know, or they're on the other end of it to where they, because they've gone through so much domestic violence in their younger age, they have then decided that, you know, I just have to deal with it. I just have to take it or it's okay. And they go through this lull in their life that they shouldn't have to put up with. And nobody should have to put up with domestic violence from any age or standpoint. And if you're on the opposite end of the domestic violence where you are the one who is causing the domestic violence, you really need to take an inventory of yourself and, and say, look, you know, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're the one that's producing this domestic violence and you're a man, I'm just going to be honest with you, you suck. I'm just going to tell you straight out, no if, ands, or buts about it. You suck. You need to be able to um, take the time, take an inventory of self, and take a walk. You know, there's been many times that I've been very upset, whether it's with my children, uh, with my wife, with my family, with uh, my parents, with um, friends. And I've had to, this is the way I've, you know, sometimes I've just gotten up and left and took a drive. I've taken a walk. I've um, isolated myself in a room or whatever the case might be until I got my feelings back in check because there is nothing like a man who is upset, angry, and in the midst of that angry wants to do something about it. You do not do stuff when you're angry because that's the time when you're thinking less. You're reacting more and thinking less. You know, it's one thing to say, well, I'm a smart man. I'm smart. You know, I know what I'm doing. Well, let me tell you, the difference between being smart and being wise is smart is knowing what to do. Wise is knowing when and when not to do it. And you need to use wisdom when you are reacting to anything. And in this domestic violence piece, if you're the cause of that, it's because you have a, um, a problem with dealing with yourself, anger, emotion. You, can, you can't handle your emotions. And the goal at any time, number one, as a man, you need to be able to handle your emotions and not lash out, not go off not cussing folk out and, 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 you know, going crazy, you know, and damaging things. Oh my God. That's another thing. Even in this domestic violence, I don't understand when people want to damage stuff. Like for instance, for instance, let's say I'm upset right now. I'm upset with, uh, Tommy. Let's just say I'm upset with Tommy and I get so mad that, you know, right here, you know, I got a, there's a lot of money invested just right here alone in this stuff. So it, 
it would be stupid of me to be so mad at Tommy that I grab a baseball bat and I just start smashing stuff and taking my tablet and just throwing it and taking my phone and throwing it up against the wall and, and hitting a uh, my plasma television, my flat screen, my 80 inch, 70 inch, 60 inch or bashing somebody's window because I'm upset. That's about the dumbest thing ever is to tear up stuff and not only now are you mad now you're in financial debt because now you have to replace all that stuff as somebody else i heard say it's called the stupid tax <laughs> why would you want to damage stuff start throwing plates and all that? so even if you're a woman and you're listening to this um for anybody who's dealing with uh, uh, domestic violence that's the last thing you should be doing is damaging stuff when you're mad, pouring bleach on somebody's clothes, cutting them up, setting stuff on fire, because that's going to come back you, at you in court. And by the time you would get drugged through court, attorney's fees and all the different things, lawsuits and stuff because of your domestic violence. And that includes damaging things as well as physical abuse. That's all a part of domestic violence. <laughs> and fellas, if you, if you if you're so manly and you decide to uh, put your hands on a woman, on a female, um, you need to check your manhood at the door. I'm I'm serious because uh, you you're not a man. That's that's not what you do. That is not what you do. Now, mind you, it's it's one thing you have a woman just walking up to you and all such. You you know she wants to size you up. So bop, bop, bop. You know you have to be able to restrain that woman. I get it. I get it, but just, oh, you hit me? Well, I'm just going to knock you out. I'm just going to fight you. Come on, dude. This is not the MMA. You know, even that, that even has a category of women fighting women. You know, if you're, you know, really? Shoot. Yeah, I would love to see you in the ring with Ronda Rousey, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Count that out as an L because you're about to lose that one. All right. But anyway, um, yeah, domestic violence is not a good deal. Okay. That is not something that um, any of us. Um, needs to go through or deal with. So if you're in a situation where you're dealing with domestic violence, there are many places that you can call um, counselors that could be uh, standing by, could be waiting for you. So if you need help, please get the help that you need because domestic violence is not cool for you. It's not cool for your counterpart. It's not cool for your family, let alone your children, because now if, if your children are raised in a domestic violence type of atmosphere, what ends up happening is they now um, have the attitude that it's okay. You know, girls, it's, you know, girls are thinking it's okay for my, my dad or the boyfriend to touch my mom, to lay her hands on you know, my mom and fighter and all that. It's cool. So if somebody hits me, it's no big deal. But I'm going to tell you, it, it, me as a, as a father, I, no, I'm not going to say I wish, but let somebody put their hands on my daughter. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. There's a 30 and a 22 sitting over there ready to take them out. I'm, I'm just saying, it's just what that is. They're gone. It's a wrap. So why would you as a man, allow, allow, why would you want to do it to somebody else, let alone, um, you know, uh, your child having to deal with that later? You know, that that's, it's not a cool deal. All right. So get the help that you need. If you're a woman who's on the receiving end of it or a man on the receiving end, get the help. And if you're producing it, get the help. Because if you don't try to get the help for yourself, 
the police, the sheriffs, uh, FBI, CIA, whoever it may be, they can get you some help. And it's not the help you're going to want. All right. So, um, again, so that's domestic views on the health side. Uh, one of the things that, as I alluded to earlier, that many of us um, men, uh, we don't handle as we should is um, dealing with our health. And the one that uh, takes many of us men out is cancer. Cancer. Um, On my um, mother's side, um, as well as my father's, but mainly on my mother's side, there has been plenty of our men who have been taken out due to cancer. And, um, yeah, and, and it, it's a scary thing because uh, most of the men that are still living, um, you know, think about the men that have gone on before us who have died of cancer. You know, some of it was self-inflicted, you know, due to smoking and things of that sort. But one of but the thing that's uh, really infectious in a bad way to many of us uh, men, and that's prostate cancer. You know, um, you know it, it's tough because uh, I have a you know periodically when my brother and I talk, you know, that's one of the things that um, we have to um, really, really, really look into um, and having some of these things checked because the last thing you want is to be up in age and find out you're already at stage three when you had the opportunity earlier on in life to um, handle it, to take care of it. And um, you chose um, not to do that. Um, and it's a, ba- it's a bad deal. You know, it's a bad deal across the board. And um, it's time that for, for those of you men, especially if you're, you know, within your, you know, your 30-ish you know, going up in especially 40s, right before 50s, you know, somewhere in that range, you need to get yourself checked out. You know, um, I don't wish any ill upon any man. Um, Doesn't matter who you are. I want, you know, all men to at least be able to go in and be checked out. And, you know, um, (laughs) you know, for me, I know the, the, process for me being checked out um i just know that's going to be uh uh, i I just i'm just tripping about it i like yeah maybe some of you men can dm me but uh, i'm like because i do know some of the process that happens and you know when you're getting checked out and to be honest with you i'm not looking forward to you know that checkup as far as that goes um, yeah, I'm not cool with that at all, but I know it's necessary, you know, and I think, uh, if there are other ways to find out, um, how good or, you know, uh, how, or how far along you were, um, I would do that a whole lot sooner. And, um, and I think that's one of the things that probably turns many men off when it comes to that type of, um, checkup is because of what it takes 
And um, most of us are, you know, I'm not really looking forward to that checkup. But truth of the matter is, it has to get done, guys, because there's um, many men that are being taken out uh, due to cancer, um, due to health problems. And um, in some of them, you know, many of them are not self-inflicted at all. You know, I remember a day when cancer um, happened to older people. I mean, you you really pretty much heard about it with people who were in their, you know, 60s, 70s, you know, that type of deal. But you really, I mean, having somebody get cancer at the age of 20 in their teens, uh, in their early 30s, uh, that was kind of unheard of. Nowadays, it can be anyone. It doesn't matter male or female at any age. It can creep up and all of a sudden, boom. Um, so regardless of your age, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, and again, this is strictly for men, but whether you're a man or woman, um, keep up with your health um, because I think that'll be very um, helpful to you in the long run, not just in the short term, but in the long run. Not only that, your health being uh, better, being taken care of, what that also does, it also helps uh, your insurance premiums later on down the line, too. So, um, you know, if you have great health and things like that, your insurance premiums and your cost is a lot lower than somebody who is, um, you know, all off the charts dealing with their health, you know. Um, So that could that could be another potential problem. So. All right. So health for men. um, uh, Yeah, you, you get that take care of. Uh, another thing that's um, that's been popping up uh, that I've noticed is um, workplace death. Yeah, death in the workplace or on a workplace grounds. Um, yeah, I there was a couple things. Matter of fact, um, you know, for those of um, you that have listened for a while, you've kind of know that, you know, my background between you know, a commercial printer, lithographer, and then customer service, you know, management, you know, um, logistics and things of that sort uh, background as well. There was a time, uh, there was a couple years ago, you know, I was at work at my job, I was walking the floor and what have you, checking on uh, my employees and socializing and things of that sort. And and we were just shooting the breeze, you know. You know, I, I'm that guy. I, I love uh, engagement with the people I work with, uh, with my fellow associates and counterparts, and I love that engagement. And we're having this just kind of roundtable discussion, just talking about some different things. And one of the subjects that came up was that a, a fellow competitor not too far from us had did a complete lockdown. And the reason why they did a complete lockdown was because someone, some man showed up on the property and decided to take his wife out on the property. The employees were ready to start work. And as they were punching in and people were pulling in the parking lot to get ready to start their shift, he was waiting for his wife to show up. And what he did was he took out the wife and then took out this guy who was suspected of, you know, um, having engagement with his wife. And um, 
yeah, that was just one of the, the few things, you know, and just recently, you know, there's somebody else who had gotten injured on the job. Uh, there's another person who was killed on the job by somebody else fights breaking out on the job. And, um, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, you really have to ask yourself, you on the end of starting the problem, let's say you on the end, meaning you have a choice to make is, uh, what you do or the aftermath of that, is it worth it? Is it worth it for me to be vengeful and get back at somebody, whether it's a guy, whether it's, you know, my girlfriend, uh, my guy friend, uh, a supervisor, a manager, somebody who treated me right or mistreated me? Is it worth it for me to get back and be vengeful towards someone who has done me wrong? misused me, mishandled me and get them back by taking them out. Is it worth it? Because the aftermath of that is you may have what they call that instant gratification, but what ends up happening is the aftermath of that. You are now confined, locked up for X amount of years and then some, and the rest of your life, you might as well just say is gone. It is completely taken away. And if you thought you didn't have any choices now, you were definitely not going to have any choices then. When somebody's telling you to get up when they want you to get up, they tell you when to eat. They even tell you when to uh, sit on the pot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, As well as now the confrontation being on the inside of everything that you have to deal with. And trying to survive day after day, month after month, year after year, decade. Yeah, I said it. Decade after decade because you made an instant decision to do something that wasn't worth it. Um, yeah, death in the workplace is not a good thing. It's not good at all. Uh, I don't advocate it at all. Uh, harassment in the workplace, a fighting in the workplace. I don't advocate it at all. You know, um, I've been on the receiving end of that where I've had somebody try to, you know, do something in the parking lot. I, I, I Though I knew, yeah, uh, I could take him out. It wasn't worth it. I had somebody try to do something to me, you know, harassment wise. And one side of me wanted to take him out. The other side of me was saying it ain't worth it. But at the same time, I had to go through the proper channels to make sure that they did something about it. And then I was upset with them because they didn't handle it right at all. I mean, because truth of the matter is, you all know that if we were, if we, you and I, you and I, if we started it, oh, it would have been handled within the hour. But when it's um, hitting us, when we're on the receiving end of it. It's amazing how long it takes for people to do the right thing. And then they come up with all the excuses why they didn't do it, couldn't do it right. Or they didn't handle it like they should have. And then they want you to be happy about it, you know. So, yeah, this whole workplace thing, it's not worth it. So if you're thinking of doing something uh, to somebody else, don't do it. It's not worth it. Be the bigger man or the bigger woman turn the other cheek and I've always said that your biggest revenge is success 
success in the midst of your battles, success in the midst of your problems, success in the midst of turmoil, success in the midst of um, people just, you know, trying to stomp on you. All right. So uh, let go of that. All right. Uh, homelessness. Never a time have we dealt with so much homelessness as much as we've got going on now. You've got people who, uh, because of the COVID, who have lost their jobs, who have been struggling, who can't pay their rent, can't pay mortgage, um, and they're homeless. So even just that alone, let alone the homelessness that is across our nation, even prior to um, this whole COVID process that has taken place. If you think about all the different cities, especially if you look in uh, Los Angeles and some of the other bigger cities that have a, a huge homeless rate, it's amazing how we can all of a sudden take care of everyone outside of our country first and not handle those that are within the country that are right here. And it's very imperative for those of you um, who know someone who is homeless. If there's anything that you can do to encourage them, to inspire them, to help lift them up, get maybe help them get back on track. There are people that you, you may know, um, maybe help get a job. You know, that homeless, that homeless thing is not a place that anybody actually chooses to be in. You know, I want to go to college to be homeless. No, nobody chooses, chooses to be homeless. You know, there are those who, matter of fact, that are professionals right now that are probably listening to this podcast and you're sleeping in your car and nobody knows it. You're going to work every day and you're sleeping in your car, you're sleeping in your van, your camper, um, you know, whatever that is, that utility vehicle. And no one knows that that's how you make it because you can't afford to go to a hotel room every day of the week. You know, you go to a whole, maybe you treat yourself as a hotel room on the weekend you know, to take a shower and things of that sort to clean up. And then you're back in your car on, on Monday after work, you know, and you're living that way day to day. You, many of you would be surprised how many people who are, do not have a physical home. Their home is uh, their car, their truck, their SUV, their van. It's happening. A lot of the stuff is happening and we need to be, uh, more conscientious. We need to be um, more um, tame in the things that we say. We need to be careful about the things we say because you never know that the person maybe sitting next to you is dealing with homelessness or they know somebody that's real, real, real close to them, you know, who's dealing with homelessness. So be careful about the things you say, you know, be kind to each other um, when you're talking about, you know, the homelessness crisis because uh, many people are dealing with it. Many people are trying to figure out, you know, where's my next meal? Where do I go from here? What's next? And it's a struggle. And uh, you need to be able to um, know how to deal with that, with the right wording, with the right vocabulary. But most importantly, with the number one, it starts with the right heart. Because it's not what you say. It's what you do that matters. Okay? Homeless is very important. Family court. Man, okay, um, yeah, we know um, that, you know, the court situation, um, you know, back in the day, you know, we, we say whatever we want to that it's not for the men, uh, men are always losing, but let's backtrack a little bit. Many 
of you know, especially those of you that are older than I am, many, many years older than I am, you know, way up there, that are listening, you know that, in, you know, back in the past, uh, days of yore, if you want to call it, there were families of and, and men who um, got over on women all the time. I mean, literally, they got over. I know people don't want you to talk about it, but the truth of the matter is they did, meaning they could um, house hop, go from here, there, everywhere, have multiple families all over the place and and leave that these families and women stranded to pick up the pieces. And there was nothing for them. They would lash out on the wife or, or the girlfriend or whoever it was and um, slap them around and, and just mishandle uh, women in general. And it was like, okay. It's like, what? And then now that um, they've had to, you know, change some laws and different things because to make things more um, even, if you want to call it even, um, to make sure that women got their just due in court when it comes to, uh, again, we talked about domestic violence. Uh, when it talks about civil or criminal, whatever the case may be there, and to make sure that, for instance, if you're a man who has children, you know, to make sure that the woman was taken care of. Now, mind you, it's gotten so much so to where it seems like when you really have a good man and a good woman who are both, let's just say they're both employed, um, or better yet, the man's employed, maybe the woman isn't, whether they separate or whatever that is there and there's children involved, it seems as though it is set up to where the woman always gets first rights. And especially if the man, let's just say the man's doing all the work, he's working. The woman doesn't even cook. He's coming home and cleaning. Woman don't even clean. She just, you know, at home. You know, he's making sure that the kids are going to school and making sure this, that, and the other. And she's just, you know, let's just say she's just a doorstop in the home. You know, she can still win custody in court and get money to take care of the kids, even though she wasn't even doing it at all and pretty much almost refuses to do it. So you have a lot of that going on. You have women who... Um, go to court and demand, you know, um, finances and demand, um, you know, uh, child, you know, money for their child and stuff like that um, to make sure that they're taken care of. But sometimes they do it in spite. You know, I, I get it. You know, when they do, he, he's garbage. I get it. I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. You know, he's a, a you know. Uh, just just garbage of a dude you know he doesn't want to do nothing he didn't do nothing in the home don't want to do nothing outside the home don't want to hand up it hand over any money don't want to be financially responsible never around you know he just wants to come you know get what he won't bounce you know and want you to be cool with that i, I get it you know you, you need to tap them pockets you I know mean, that's just what that is um but when you are a guy who's trying to do anything in everything to make sure that your children are taken care of. Um, there's no, re honestly, and there's no reason why I can't be, uh, the word is 
amicable, you know, while the, it can't be amicable to where there's a, a 50-50 split there. You know, for instance, if um, if we have children, there's a split, whether married or not, but there's a, you know, I, I want I want joint, you want joint, where, okay, so let's just say the time, let's just say you have them while they're in school and I'm paying you child support for that while they're in school, that's cool. But the three months when they're summertime and I have them for whatever that uh, that timing is, I shouldn't have to pay the child support for that time. I mean, you, you shouldn't have to. Um, I'm just talking about those type of things. Those things should be, you know, considered when uh, in court. And if you're a guy right now who's going through, um, you know, court right now and court battles and stuff like that, I want you to, first of all, uh, the first thing you need to do is look over your life. You look over what you've done, what you haven't done, the things you should have done, the things you could have done better. And you've got to figure out a way of making sure that when you're going to court, you need to have all your documents, all your all your things in play. You need to have your finances in order, whatever that is. You need to have those things when um, dealing with any type of court, because whether it's family court or criminal court, you, you know good and well um, it's not always made up to make sure that you're you're good. So you you need to be um, above board when it comes to going to court with anything, even in traffic, traffic tickets. Oh, my God. It's just what it is. Uh, not all seems like not all courts give you um, fair and equal treatment just doesn't happen. And you need to be prepared uh, for the worst. You hope for the better but make sure you're prepared for the worst. And uh, again, if you're a father who was not, you know, handling your business um, with your children and uh, you're taking the court, I don't know what to tell you because after all, I mean, it's your fault um, because it takes more than, uh, you know, somebody just laying down with a woman, having a child, you know, child comes, I mean, child didn't ask to be brought into this world. It was a choice you made. The choice you made, number one, was not uh, abstaining. The second choice you made was you didn't abstain, and then you decided not to protect yourself, and the woman decided not to protect her house. So, so, and then the next choice you made, you, you chose to possibly have a child. And if it happened, oh, well, because that's pretty much the mindset. And here it is. Now you have a child. Now it's your responsibility to manage and take care of that responsibility and if you decide not to do that and the court has to get involved it's a choice you make okay i mean it's just what that is last point masculinity um masculinity let's i mean how can we really talk about masculinity i mean what is even masculine you know we, we talk about a lot of things that are effectively um you know masculating men you know whether um, you know, people have a lot of ideas about what they see, you know, and, and you see it quite a bit, you know, and, you know, some men, they choose the lifestyle of, you know, wearing dresses, you know, cross dressing, you know, in heels and, and all that. But not everything is always a choice. Um, I think sometimes society uh, puts some things on what is masculine and what isn't, what is uh, 
uh, effeminate and, and different things of that sort. And, um, you know, uh, a person that's, you know, why are you playing tennis, man? That's kind of, mm, that's kind of wimpy, right? That's not, I tell you what, there's a whole lot of millionaire tennis players and it hasn't taken away any of their masculinity, right? So we can't sit there and put things in a box and say, here's what's masculine and here's what isn't. Because, hey, I, I'm not going in the gym, you know, pushing 450 pounds. You know, you don't see me with these pecs and stuff all over the place. No, um, you know, and then not everyone who's, you know, doing that, that can do that, are completely mas- masculine, you know. So, I mean, uh, you, you have to understand that um, society has uh, a misconception and they have preconceived notions about what they think is uh, masculine or what is not masculine. And uh, one thing that I heard, um, heard, uh, listened to uh, Gary V. Uh, just, um, matter of fact, it was last night. Uh, yeah, I think it was last night. And one of the things that he talked about, um, along with um, someone else uh, that spoke about it, uh, the other one was uh, Jay-Z, believe it or not. And one of the things he said was, look, here's the deal. You shouldn't have to change you to be effective because when you are, uh, when you get that job, they ask for you. They didn't ask for Donnie. They didn't ask for Jeff and John. They asked for you. When that, when that business calls for you, when that job opportunity calls for you, when that new client calls for you, they ask for you. You shouldn't have to change to be somebody else. And I'm telling you right now, don't, change to be something that you are not you are you and what's going to happen is when you really be who you are as a man whatever that is the things you like the things you dislike the things you're great at the things you're not so great at whether you like to draw cry crochet whatever that is when you um, live in everything of all of who you are What's going to happen is the ones that want you to change, when you become who you really are, what's going to happen is they're going to have to change the way they treat you, not you change to match them. You have to be who you are. So no more crying and um, worrying and losing sleep about um, what people think about you. Be all of who you are and who God made you to be because you have to be you because there's no one else like you in the world. There's no one else like you with with your eyes and your hair and your your skin tone and your hair follicles and the giftings and different things that are all that are all inside of you. There may be other people that might be able to do some of the things that you do, but there's no one exactly like you and I want you to be comfortable with you because after all if you don't do you who else will